Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another a new episode of Vijara Supply Chain. And this week we have a, a very special guest, Izina Kuya. She is a Nigerian supply chain and global trade expert based in the U.S. So thank you so much for joining us today, Izina. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about export and trade uh, facilitation in Africa. But uh, before we get started, Izin, could you please share a bit about yourself, your professional background, and you're also an editor and managing partner at the Supply Chain Africa. So tell us, what is the mission of the platform? Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be um, in this conversation today. I started out my career, interestingly, back in Nigeria over a decade ago in marketing. Um, I worked within the fast-moving consumer goods industry in Nigeria. Um, and I straddled a lot of marketing and sales combination roles over at least a 10-year period. And when you work in marketing and distribution, you kind of straddle retail. You kind of straddle supplies because you're part of a value chain that is moving products and ensuring that products get to customers. Uh, and really, from marketing to then running a fashion business, I then evolved into having a keen interest in supply chains and in logistics as I had my own challenges fulfilling client orders within Africa, you know, moving products between Lagos and Kenya, moving products between Lagos and Ghana, for example, um, but also for international clientele. Um, and then my head started to think around those challenges. I started to inquire and have certain conversations around those challenges. And in the course of those conversations and those engagements, Supply Chain Africa evolved um, as an interesting opportunity for me. So to answer the question of Supply Chain Africa, in my role as editor and managing partner, I basically helped to birth the dream of the platform. And what is this dream? In essence, what Supply Chain Africa aims to do is to advance life and business on the African continent. And when I say advanced life and business, if you look at the role that supply chains play in any ecosystem, in any economy, it is really the role of an enabler. Uh, almost every business sector or segment sits on some sort of supply chain, some sort of supply chain and cause the value system, you know, uh, whether from sourcing, extraction, production, distribution, or even for human migration, you know, from the day-to-day -day activities of getting our work done, getting our, our contributions made, supply chains are just so integral um, to day-to-day -day life, you know, and hence our desire to build out Supply Chain Africa as a perspective of supply chains on the African continent. Uh, so in advancing life, and business on the continent, we've built around three key pillars. 
right. of the pillars of supply chain Africa today is our publishing pillar. And on that pillar, we're basically telling authentic, diverse stories of African supply chains. Because African supply chains are unique. They're peculiar. I mean, from a technology, technology stage perspective, from a culture perspective, from an infrastructure perspective, there are nuances and there are peculiarities that are different, um, that are different, that make the African supply chain quite different by itself. So our yeah. intent is to be able to publish and tell those stories um, mm. on, the, on the publishing platform. But we also have a couple other interesting platforms. We have the Africa Futures podcast that is about to launch. It's an opportunity to really bring future casting and the mm. African perspective to leading change in supply chains globally. So on the Africa Futures podcast, we're going to be engaging with thought leaders and business leaders in Africa, um, but as well as business leaders globally to yeah. really shape the context of the future of African supply chains, to really answer the question of where is, where is the future of Africa going and, and where does supply chain need to go to become an enabler for that future. Um, and to really share a, a perspective that is an authentic African perspective, Africans mm. telling their own supply chain stories, uh, which isn't something that is readily available, um, you know, globally today. Yeah. So on top of the Africa Futures podcasts, we then have um, our advocacy pillar, which emphasizes women in supply chains. Um, and that's something that I'm very excited about uh, because... Um, the higher the higher proportion of, of, of people employed in African supply chains are women. Um, conversely, women earn less in, in terms of remuneration for their contributions in the African supply chain. So they are the unheard voices. They are, they are the underserved voices in the case. So being able to highlight um, and share perspective on the voice of the woman in Africa, who's, an, who's a supply chain participant, who's a supply chain contributor in Africa is very crucial for the work that we do. I'll mm -hmm. just stop at that. Those are three of the pillars <laughs> that we're running with yeah. at Supply Chain Africa. We've launched our mailing newsletter, the mailing magazine, which is sort of the umbrella uh, of Supply Chain Africa will be launched in March. We will launch four magazines this year. It's a quarterly editorial, so look out for that. It's a really, really interesting year as we unbundle a couple of um, priorities for supply chain. Mm. Awesome. Okay, so uh, talking about the export and uh, global trade, is in. what is your view on Africa's position in the global trade market? Have you seen any major developments in the last few decades? Well... To answer the question, I mean, the, the, as it is as of today, the statistics are what they are. Um, Africa's participation in, in the global trade market is still the lowest contributing region. Mm. I mean, Africa's manufacturing share of GDP is just about 10%. We're not a high manufacturer market. Right. That, that data is, is out there. Um, that knowledge is out there in terms of the low manufacturing capability within Africa. Um, and on and on, when you look at data that has to do with even the fact that Africa has um, um, exports within Africa carry a higher uh, tariff than, for, than they do for exports out of Africa, meaning that 
across the continent, people have to pay more to, to, to export across the continent than they pay when they export outside of the continent. So the, the picture is not, is, is not a great picture, if you get what I mean. However, in the past, I'd say in the past decade, maybe not, not as much as in the past few decades, I'd say that in the past decade, there have been some interesting developments. Um, and those interest, interesting developments are really on the back of e-commerce. Um, they are really on the back of digitization. Within the continent itself, digitization and e-commerce has opened up supply chains in ways that they were not open before. I mean, just with brands like Jumia and Conga um, and e-commerce becoming a bit more center stage, supply chains have developed different. Yeah. 10 years ago, for example, I couldn't even imagine that I would order something online and have it delivered to me in my home in Lagos. Mm. You know, 10 years after, like the snap of a finger, I go online, I order, and it comes to me at my doorstep. So that is a significant leap in terms of just what's happening within the continent. But when I look at what is also possible and what is evolving in terms of Africa's participation as a, as a global trade uh, contributor, one sector that is a key driver of that growth is the services sector. Um, digital services, digital skills, and um, global talent sourcing is really beginning to, look, beginning to look into Africa to meet talent needs. There is a booming um, demography of millennials and Gen Zs who have caught on very quickly to the beauty of um, digital skills, digital capabilities, um, and they are, a, they are a large workforce that is positioned to serve the African market, yeah. but also to serve the international market. So the services sector is one sector that is already being reported as a sector that is a high growth sector, that is the highest contributor to value growth um, in Africa at the moment. I, I see a future, I mean, there are a couple of brands that we can even reference already, TopTal, is hiring some of the strongest UX designers, UI UX designers, um, graphic designers, creatives in Africa. And Della is a huge success story of technology skills that, that are being hired from, from Africa as well, and on and on and on and on. And those models are being replicated across the continent. So if you ask me, one of the, the uh, biggest outliers, one of the the pathways that Africa then leverages for its global participation, it will definitely be the services sector. Um, as new technology co continues to disrupt and as the, uh, the sheer size of the African demography continues to immerse itself in digital skills, in digital capabilities, and as, as uh, policy and um, infrastructure continues to develop to enhance capabilities in communications and in technology across the continent, I envisage that uh, services and digital products, digital talent, basically, will be in the front line of Africa's um, exports to global markets. Yeah. But on top of that, on top of services, is also um, a growing, a growing uh, product, product export that is still quite limited, quite limited just because of the share cost of logistics, the share cost of delivery, mm. um, the challenges with geographical connection within 
within Africa and, and other markets, but also even the cultural nuances around shopping. I have never shopped from any other African country, personally. Yeah. But I have shopped from the UK to Nigeria. I have shopped from the US to Nigeria. So for the products segment of, um, of, dig- of digital goods that I expect to also be um, another forerunner for global trade, you know, within Africa, uh, within Africa. So when I say global trade, I mean trade within Africa, exports within Africa, but also export outside of the region. I expect that this is another segment that, that has huge potential. Yeah. And it may not evolve along the classic lines of big manufacturing. I mean, there is big manufacturing, big by bit happening in countries like Ethiopia and Morocco that are quite known globally for their textile and fashion production capabilities. But I also think that it will also evolve from a perspective of smallhold brand to consumer businesses who are producing different products in fashion, in skincare, in gallantry, in household goods, who have begun to build access to international markets, leveraging social media, leveraging online marketplaces and stores. Those are an interesting segment to begin to look at because they are are small. Most of them are family owned and family run, but there are many of them. And there is an interesting and interested diaspora market that has begun to adopt the direct-to-consumer buyer approach. They are no longer necessarily stuck on buying from the big established brands. They Mm -hmm. are as willing to go on an Instagram platform, see something that they like from anywhere else in the world, and simply just go into the chats, chats, you know, into the DM and have a conversation with that person. And if that person provides global shipping, they're willing to go ahead and buy. So in addition to the services sector, in addition to markets that are emerging as hub markets, such as markets like Ethiopia and Morocco that I mentioned, that could really be transitional markets, even Kenya as a hub market for coffee, Eastern Africa generally, that region as a hub market for coffee and tea and goods like that, There are also a vast range of smallhold businesses, fashion, in skincare, in household goods, in gallantry, who are already reaching international markets via their small social media handles on Facebook and Instagram. That is where the next opportunity also lies. They have the biggest challenge because their product is a a physical, tangible product compared to the services sector. But Mm. if... The logistics challenges are fixed. If the global shipping challenges are fixed to ensure that um, the cost of shipping isn't almost at par sometimes, or even in some cases more expensive than the cost of the item that this person is retailing, then potentially that could also be another game changer segment in terms of looking at how manufacturing in, on the continent then evolves. Interesting. You, you just uh, mentioned that uh, generally the participation of uh, Africa in the global trade is still lower than expected. Uh, but however, I, I found very interesting uh, fact as well. In March 2018, the African country signed a landmark uh, trade agreement called the African Continental Free Trade Agreement or 
IFCTA. So in, in your opinion, what is the objective of this agreement and how can the African countries take advantage of the benefits for this free trade agreement? I think the AFTA is a welcome blessing to Africa. As mm. someone who run manufacturing from Lagos and try to get products to Kenya, try to get products to Kenya, um, Kenya and Ghana, it is a welcome development. Right. I'll tell you my personal experience, just shipping clothes to a buyer who engaged us via Instagram in Kenya. We shipped the clothes via one of the international brands The clothes arrived in Kenya, and for some reason, there was no communication to the customer. Um, when they finally communicated to the customer about a week after the clothes arrived in Kenya, later than the expected delivery date, they then said the goods had already got, gone into um, overtime in their storage. So the customer was going to have to pay um, more than what we had envisaged in terms of tariffs. But guess what? In addition to that, they presented a bill that was, I mean, the products that, were, that we shipped out were worth about $300. Mm. The, the cost of clearing the products was about $200. You see what I mean? Yeah. So the cost of clearing the products was about, was about 70% of the cost of the items that were bought. Mm. That is a reality that I did not envisage when I set up a uh, a manufacturing, a fashion manufacturing business in Nigeria. But that is a reality that I had to contend with. And I had to go back and forth and back and forth with the shipper. I kept asking why, why, why is this rate like this? Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. at the end of the day, the customer was obligated to pay that, that rate. But as you can imagine, there hasn't been a repeat purchase from that buyer since then. Uh, and I told that story to basically answer the question of, the crucial role that the Africa Free Trade Continental Agreement plays today in Africa. The, one of the key, key goals of the AFTA is to eliminate tariffs in intra-African trade. And that is so crucial. Yeah. Um, at the moment, African countries spend more on tariffs shipping within Africa than they spend on tariffs shipping outside of Africa. So that's progressive elimination of tariffs within the region in order to build um, this cohesive market is really, really, really crucial. I mean, um, upon its full implementation, the ATA promises to be the world's largest free trade area. Um, and there are so many indicators to how that can contribute vastly to um, economic security and opportunities within the continent. So just taking out those tariffs, facilitating the movement of goods within Africa itself um, is going to be very, very crucial to the future Africa that we all dream of. I mean, I envisage a future of Africa where, because I did fashion, for example, and I had challenges in sourcing material for my production in Nigeria, I envisage a future where um, manufacturing businesses Uh, or creative industries, can, industries in Nigeria or creative producers in Nigeria can source their inputs from within Africa as against sourcing their inputs from outside Africa. So there's a whole value chain participation opportunity that then begins to open within the continent because you can buy your raw materials within the continent. You can 
by your finished products within the continent. So across multiple levels of different value chains, but as you add value to different products as they move, as they transform from extractive to say finished products, for example, the, the AFCFTA's uh, uh, policies and objectives can potentially open up um, value chain participation across the continent on multiple levels where inputs are being sourced within the continent um, and final goods are also being sourced within the continent. And then you have an ecosystem that feeds itself. I mean, that is the dream of the Africa Free Trade Continental Agreement. I am very excited for it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so uh, Izin, uh, are there any opportunities to leverage e-commerce or uh, digital goods for uh, competitiveness, uh, particularly in the global trade aspect between Africa itself and worldwide? The opportunities are really in the services space. Services um, space. Services, yes. Digital goods, digital services. The, mar- the talent market is, is, a, is, a, is a big market for that opportunity. I mean, as brands continue to uh, globally outsource their talent needs and their labor needs, um, Africa definitely, I mean, just, just based on the shared demogra- demographics, but also the quick acceleration and adaptation of digital skills within Africa. Africa is definitely uh, um, one of the, the potential markets where globally outsourced talent can really help to kickstart um, to kickstart career opportunities uh, for Africans globally. So I, I do see a future where more and more, more and more corporates outsource their labor needs to Africa, potentially put offices in Africa where their staff can work from Africa. Or, um, I mean, given what COVID-19 has taught all of us, uh, simply leverage digital, digital tools um, you know, to connect their, their staff from anywhere in the world, really. So that is definitely where I see a lot of opportunity and a lot of good happening over the, over the, over the coming years. But like I said, on the back of the um, Africa Free Trade Continental Agreement, I also see opportunities for growth with um, direct-to-consumer brands, basically small brands who sell across social media, uh, social sellers, as well as um, you know, across websites or marketplaces such as Anka, who are reaching a large African diaspora market um, that is connected to Africa, in Europe, in America, in the Caribbean, who are currently sourcing uh, from direct-to-consumer brands already. I envisage that there's going to be a significant amount of growth in that space. The Buy Africa sentiment is a growing sentiment, and I see that... Um, getting stronger and stronger as, as we see the positive outcomes of the free trade continental agreement on the cost of shipping and yeah. the cost of movement of goods within the continent, as well as to, to, to order, order, other continents, other markets. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So this would be my last question today is in, and back to the trade agreement. So what support they need and what they can do to make the trade Uh, facilitation work probably you can share your view from the industrial perspective i would say that i mean for the for the trade agreement to work i mean there have been some concerns about the fact that a lot of african countries don't really produce what their counterparts need and that there'll be a need for diversification of the capabilities within the continent that is something that uh, is going to take a lot of work 
Mm. I think that one way to do that work is for countries to look at their existing capabilities and perhaps consolidate on those capabilities. So countries that are already hubs for, say, textile, for example, consolidating on those capabilities uh, in order to build economies of scale in those capabilities. Um, countries that are, that are already um, value chain participants in agribusiness, for example, who are already processing countries, focus on ramping up their processing capabilities such that they can take, they can, they can take products from extractive stages to finished packaged products that can potentially be sourced by their sister countries within Africa. Um, as against the current case where most of the agri-goods from Africa are basically shipped as, um, as commodities instead of uh, finished or packaged goods. So I think in terms of diversification, um, there probably be, there's definitely a need for countries, maybe groups of countries even, to look at their core strengths and to determine where they're going to strengthen their manufacturing and transformative capabilities in order to ensure that Africa is actually producing products, finished products that Africans need. Because if we don't produce finished products that we need, then the, the, the Africa Free Trade Continental Agreement still, still falls short in a sense because people will still have to source the products that they need from wherever markets they can source those products. So I think in terms of diversification, it's going to be very crucial for markets to look at capabilities and then deepen capabilities in specific areas such that certain blocks begin to feed certain blocks with certain products across the value chain, as well as you know, meet the demand for finished products and packaged goods. That is one, one, uh, one consideration. The second consideration for me is that we definitely need a culture change, a behavior change mm. sort of perspective across Africa. Um, and just like I used myself as an example earlier on in this conversation, yeah. I just never really bought anything from any African country. I just never looked, even the neighboring Ghana, I, I would see some of the brands online I had no keen interest in sourcing from any of those countries. If I wasn't visiting any of those countries in person, I didn't think that I would just ran, randomly sit down online and order from any of those countries. But I think there's a culture and behavioral change part of the Africa Free Trade Continental Agreement that needs to happen, where we really begin, need to begin to tell African stories to Africa. We need to tell stories of African brands and African products to Africans themselves and get Africans to be interested in buying products that are made in Africa. I think that the, Af the, the success of the Africa Future Continental Agreement will also ride on that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the Chara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.